Tell me, who are you, bro? Well, my name is Felix Smith. I'm 20 years old, and I'm currently a student at the University of Texas at Dallas. Nice, nice. So, if someone didn't know who you were, and they just said, like, describe Felix in one sentence, mm. how would you say? Wow. Uh, I feel like it'd be easier to answer that in, in like, words, a sentence. That's, that's interesting. Um, I would say... So really off the rip asking me a good question like this. <laughs> Honestly, I would just say um he's committed or he's strong because um just just everything over life just continue to go on. I'd say just committed, he's strong. That's what I would say. So you say like committed and like strong. Mm -hmm. What how did you get to that point throughout your childhood? Um, committed, well, I played basketball, so that's where the commitment comes from, too. Just, you know, the commitment with the sport, just uh, in season, out of the season, just training nonstop. That's where the commitment is. And strong, um, everybody goes through stuff, so I would just say strong because, you know, being able to push through whatever comes my way, so yeah. yeah I feel Tell me what it was like growing up, bro. Man, um, so from where you are right now, grew up 10 minutes up the street. Uh, I mean, it's not a horrible neighborhood. It's not the greatest either. You know that too. Yeah. It's not the greatest either. But um, just uh, I would say I had a, I had I had a good childhood. Uh, had a good mom that supported me. Um, uh, even though mom and dad split, still, still you know, mm -hmm. still good on both sides right now. So yeah, um, just uh, I would say I would say I had a pretty good childhood. My mom did. My mom did her absolute best. I love her to death for it too. Yeah, she um. She did everything she could to like support me, get me through school, everything. So yeah, I really appreciate her. So I would say I had a good upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. What's some of the lessons that you think your mom left on you? Lessons. Ooh. Um, some big ones. Don't let others influence you, cause being in an area like this, it's easy to fall into some to some mess. Mm -hmm. Easy to fall into some mess. So um, just her emphasizing being around the right people was definitely something. Um. Uh, a big emphasis she had too was just doing better, doing better than what she did too. Because um, of course everyone wishes they were in a better situation too. But she just always wanted me to just do better for myself, live in a better area, have a better job, make better money. So uh, definitely those two, I would say. Yeah, it's like it's and it's crazy how like we can fall deep into like because the neighborhood we in. Oh, dude, like it's over. The other day there was someone doing like shooting up. On my trash can, bro. Jeez, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> did I tell you? Like, what the heck are we bro, talking about, bro? What the mess, bro? But yeah, it's it's just it's just easy to fall into some mess out here, bro. Like you could you could walk down the street and meet some and meet some bad people, bro. It's it's tough, but just um, uh, big thing about this neighborhood, just mind your business. Yeah. <laughs> mind your business is a big one, but um, but yeah, just being just being around the right people, because I say over time I've built a. Good, strong group of friends, you included as well. So, yeah. Chase your dog. No problem, bro. <laughs> no problem, bro. But yeah, uh, talk to me about basketball, bro. Bro. Like, how'd I, you uh, grow to have that love for basketball that you got? Bro, I could, I could take the whole pod talking about this, bro. I'm not gonna do, I'm not gonna do this. Let's go. Gonna, I know, you, I know you got more, but um, let's see. So, started hooping when I was four. 
four years old, uh, come from a background of both athletes. My mom, she was a basketball player. My dad was a basketball player too. Mom actually was a state champion too. So yeah, she, oh, she was nice. She was? Oh, she was nice. She was nice. Um, I get a good amount of my game from her. I'm able to shoot and play defense because of her. So yeah, uh, she was good, but played basketball uh, four, still play it now, but uh, just not competitively anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was blessed to have the opportunity to play varsity basketball and play a year of college basketball too, which was a really great experience. Got to play against some some pretty pretty good guys, some high level high level competition. Um, just what grew my love of the sport over the years, because as a kid, you know, you're just like going through the motions sometimes, just playing the sport. But it was just really, it was just really like seeing how. It's it's kind of, it's kind of weird to say, but like when you look into the stands and you just make a play, seeing how happy you make people, it just like it kind of it kind of drives you in a sense too. It's just it's it's a weird it's a weird feeling only like athletes can really yeah. compare it to because like especially when you see up in the stands like your mom is happy that you did something right on the court. Oh, there's no bigger motivation than that, bro. So that was definitely a a drive to keep me going forward too. And also my goal was to always play college basketball. So yeah. Yeah, how what was your year of college basketball like, bro? It was it was a season of up and downs, honestly, because um, we finished the season six and twenty one, six and twenty one. So it was a season. The whole first first semester was just loss after loss after loss. We lost about like fifteen, about like uh, anywhere from twelve to fifteen games. Like it was it was rough, and like we we were starting to get to the get into the mindset like man like. We're probably not going to win the game this whole season, too. But the second half, we were able to just push through. Uh, we won a playoff game in our regional um, regional tournament. Uh, what's it called? Then we actually ended up making it to a national championship game. We fell short, but it was still a great experience. I get to tell my kids I played in a college basketball national championship game. So that was that was something that was a really good experience. So overall, um, I would I would say it was great, regardless of however our record was. It was it was just an overall great experience. Met some guys too that I'll probably talk to for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was a it was it was fun. It was really fun. So why'd you uh, leave? So the main reason I left the past school I was at was because it was it was too expensive. First of all, too, and um, uh, it was also like an hour an hour away from home too, which is. Which because I'm thinking about it now because it's a weird thing because you talk to most people that go to college they prefer moving across the country or like going real far from family but me I've always um I haven't had much family around me but like that's been a thing to just stay close to my mom that's definitely been a thing so even being an hour away it's just like I'm just thinking like man if something happens like I'm an hour away like what if I don't make it there or something goes down or something like that too so the distance uh but I would say the main thing was definitely the cost. It was expensive, it was. really expensive. And what school was this, bro? This was Southwestern Adventist University. Okay, and it was a, it was a private school, right? Yeah, it was a private school. You oh know, yeah, you know the private schools. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> but so where you, you say you're at UT? UTD. UT, UT Dallas. UT Dallas. Yeah. You gonna play? You gonna play sports there, bro? Dude, I want to. So, what my plan is is uh, January 11th. They got a home game coming up, so I'm gonna go to that home game, watch it. And then afterwards, I'm going to email the coaches, and the email is going to go something like, um, hi, my name is Felix Smith. I'm this and this and this. Uh, my height, weight, uh, strengths, and going to the game comes into play, too, because I, I could tell them where I think I fit into the whole scheme of things, too. Like say, like, say if they need defense, like, I feel like I can be a good part of this team for defensive purposes. Like, that's that's what my plan is right now, too. But um, if the coach doesn't respond, 
it is what it is. Because actually, I tried to play at UTD before I went there, but mm -hmm. the coach didn't respond because they had a whole thing going on. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to. I look forward to seeing you on the court, bro. Shoot, me too, bro. I hope. I hope so. So, what do you think your best part of your game is? Like, I know we just oh. had that other question. Like, so, like, what do you think? Defense, offense. What do you think it is? Like, am, like, do I am I better offensively or defensively? Is that what you're asking, or what? Or just what's your best part of the game? Oh, okay. Um, shooting and defense. Shooting defense. I'm, I'm, I'm a three D type of guy. I can I can dribble. I can dribble a little bit. Uh, if I'm at the rec. Uh, they want me to take the ball up, but I'm really a three and D guy. Yeah, that's my main thing. That's what's up, bro. So speaking of basketball, what lessons have you learned playing the sport? Man, it's hard. It's hard staying committed for um, however many weeks we go. It could be. It's about let me think. August, September, October, November, December, January, February. It's about it's 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 about seven months because uh, maybe even more because I know when I played college basketball, they had me come over the summer. So I can do uh, preseason workouts too, like uh, nothing but running on the track and lifting weights too. So it's it was honestly like a nine month grind, and it's it's hard. There are some times where you're just really tired. You're like, man, I just don't feel like doing this today. Like I really don't. But you just gotta push through if you want to be good at what you do. And um, that's that's where the commitment comes in. The, a big part of the commitment, just staying committed to a goal, which is this group of thirteen guys all coming together to achieve one goal, which is a championship. And uh, we fell we fell short of that goal, but I would still say the season was somewhat of a success. Um, Tommy commitment. Um, what else, man? I can't even think right now. See, give me talking about basketball. Just get me worked up, bro. But yeah, um, just commitment. Ooh, and uh, patience too, because there was one point where I thought I was going to get seriously injured because I went up on a plate and my knee like bent in so i at first i thought i tore my acl for a second too but um went over to the sideline i could still bend my knee so i was fine so patience for sure because it was an injury that kind of got me the rest of the season a little bit so yeah. i had to wear like a little knee thing on it too but just um just patience waiting to heal not uh doing too much overstepping my limits and all that too so that's definitely a couple of lessons i learned mm -hmm. and i like i see a lot of comments on social media maybe like downing certain college basketball players yeah. if they're not D1 or anything. Yeah. So, in college basketball, like, it, it takes a, it's a feat to even get in college yeah, oh, basketball. Yeah, dude. So, like, what would you say to the person that's actively trying to play college basketball right now? That's trying to play college basketball? I'm going to look at the camera to say this. Dude, um, I would say, or girl, I'm not trying to judge, um, just stay focused on your goal, for sure. Stay focused. Um, don't listen to outside outside interferences because there are going to be people that are going to tell you that you probably won't be able to play even your own coaches probably will tell you that you won't be able to play so you should just keep going yes yeah, so you should just you should just keep going even if you get an offer an offer is an offer that's that's the biggest thing i see athletes do nowadays and uh their friend might get a d1 offer but then they'll get a d3 offer and then uh somehow feel like there's an imbalance or feel like uh it's not fair or something. An offer is an offer. Having the opportunity to play college basketball is it's a blessing. It really is. Because there are so many guys and girls that come out of high school basketball wishing that they could play college basketball, and they just don't get that opportunity. So if you get the opportunity to play anywhere, uh, I would say take it. And a big thing about playing college basketball, too, play where they want you. Because that's what a lot of athletes make a mistake. They have a dream school, and they get an offer to. And they have a school that wants them, they get an offer to. The dream school might not give you the best chances or opportunities, yet the school that wants you will give you the best opportunity. 
So you just got you just got to go with it. You just got to keep grinding, honestly. Uh, and there are going to be some days where it's hard, but you just got to keep pushing through. If this is what you really want to do, you just got to keep pushing through. That's what I would say. This was up, bro. What's something you're actively trying to pursue right now? Oh well, right now I'm trying to um pursue my uh, New Year's resolution goals. I have multiple. Just um. Uh, doing 75 hard right now, um, which involves reading, drinking water. Um, I'm still trying to figure out maybe the diet aspect of it too, but um, really reading, drinking water, working out two times a day, 45 minute workouts. Um, and yeah, really just trying to flip my mindset right now too. And another thing I'm trying to do is uh, post more on social media, whether it's TikTok or Instagram. That's something I'm definitely doing right now. All right. Mm. What made you want to start posting? Well, what made me want to start posting is I just I just found it as something new to try out, to be honest with you, because I was thinking in my head, like, the worst that could happen is I get no views, but I still talk about something I'm interested in, which is which is definitely a big thing. So um, also, too, I'm really trying to build confidence in it, too, because I've never been the type to really like posting on social media that much, too. But just um, being able to put a message out there that people can listen to is sounds really cool to me, too. And also um just putting out a message that really speaks to me too because the motivational page i have i really i really i'm really talking to myself mm. in a sense i'm talking to myself like that's what i was thinking about today because i posted a tiktok today about facing your fears uh anxiety all that to pursue new opportunities and i was really talking with myself because there have been plenty of times um not even just the past year last semester at utd where i had different opportunities to um maybe go to like a business workshop to like help me network more or something, but I didn't take it because I was afraid that maybe I'm not as qualified to be at something like this, but that's something I kind of regret. So I'm just trying to like, it was really kind of not only motivating others, but trying to motivate myself to really, you know, mm -hmm. to really push through and just face those fears. So, and I like the, like that, the, that's the message you're trying to get mm -hmm. to people yeah. to understand. And then you, when you spoke about anxiety, do you know where that started or like, how did that come from? Mm. Well, I mean, I feel, like, I feel like almost everyone has a certain type of anxiety when it comes to certain things, too. Like, we all get nervous about doing stuff. I got nervous before coming to do this podcast, too. But what what it teaches you is that when you try new things, you it makes you realize, like, wow, I was scared for what reason? I was scared for what reason? Like, we can go back to college basketball, too. Like, I was afraid to reach out to a bunch of coaches, too. Like, and I honestly waited a little too long to reach out to them because I didn't reach out to them until like March after my senior year, which is really late, really late. Cause I was just afraid, like, what if this coach just like, just, just tells me just like, I'm just not good enough or something like that. But the coaches gave me honest feedback and it made me regret not reaching out earlier. Cause a lot of them um, either said that I was good, but they had roster uh, roster spots filled up or that they're that they were just done recruiting. So I was lucky to be able to find the one coach that could uh, bring me in. But definitely just um, just work just just work through that anxiety and those fears to pursue pursue opportunities because you don't know what doors they could open. Mm -hmm. So you told me about some of your goals with uh, seventy five hard mm -hmm. and all of that. But what are some things that you are constantly pursuing? If I haven't asked that already. So currently I'm a marketing major, so I'm pursuing a career in marketing uh, for sure. Um, pursuing, potentially, potentially be on a college basketball team again, that's something I'm pursuing too. But also just um, big thing, pursuing a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. 
that's a big thing trying to do trying to um build that relationship read the bible more not just read it but understand it too because yeah. what i've been doing a lot is i've been double taking through the bible like if i read something i'm like man i didn't understand it like i'll i'll push myself to read it again so i can try to understand it too because i read my bible at night so there are some nights where it's late and I don't feel like reading it, but the, but just some in the back of my mind tells me like, no, dude, you gotta you gotta read it, cause what if tomorrow you say the same thing and then you just build a habit of not trying to read? So yeah, that's definitely something I would say. It's crazy how easy it is to build a habit. Like, it is. I would just either do it positive or negative. It, it really is crazy, yeah. cause you you could take it for granted too, cause like if if you drop if you drop that Bible even for a day, like your mind could just like. Could just forget about it. It's mainly in the process of starting it though, because once you get in a groove and you've done it for like a month or two, like that's where that back of the back of the mind thought comes in. We're like, no, you have to read this. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's where building that habit comes from. So it is really crazy. Yeah. So I'm assuming you're a Christian, right? Oh yes, sir. So walk me through your process when you first decided to become a Christian. Mm, so my mom took me to church ever since I could probably start walking. Like she um. She she took me to church. Let me see. About what age? Uh, maybe a little after I could start walking. Let me say that. But um, uh, I I was young. It was, I was probably about like maybe six, seven years old when I really started to like, uh, really go to church. Or maybe that's just when I remember it. But yeah, um, yeah, we uh originally went to a Baptist church that was um down the street off of uh, 35. I, to this day, forgot the name of the church because we've left it since. But yeah, that's just um, just memories I've had. I was baptized at that church too when I was 12. So I still remember how to get there. I just don't remember that yeah. name. So yeah. That's what's up, bro. Mm -hmm. So also, like, I want to talk, talk, talk about your journey with God. Mm -hmm. And when you became saved with early on in age with your moms and mm -hmm. everything, how has your journey changed or what has it been like till now? So how it's changed is after I got baptized, I kind of had a sense of, oh, I'm good. Oh, I'm good because I don't really I don't really start picking up my Bible until really until I turn uh, like my senior year when I turned 18. That's really when I started picking up my Bible. So when I was younger uh, going through, like I would still go to church. Um, I would still like hear the word, too, because I mean, we're Christians. So it's 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 inevitable. You're going to hear something. But it's just um, just like I, I wouldn't really as into it as I am now too because um even now like it's still an uphill climb for me building that relationship with God just continuing to try to read continue continuing to try to pray every day every now and then I catch myself uh slipping like if I'm judgmental or if I catch myself angry at something like I just gotta say forgive me Lord like help me improve myself and I pray that every night too that, that he helps me improve myself every day so how it's changed is I'm definitely more um in more of a pursuit of God. And right now my process is really just reading the Bible. Um, just thanking God every day. Cause the big thing is prayer. Just um, not even just praying for things, just like thanking the Lord for the day. Just like different, different stuff like that. Just thanking him throughout the day or something. So yeah. Yeah. So like when you say prayer, like how, how important is prayer to you? It's, it's pretty important. Cause every day when I wake up first, uh, one of the first things I say it's just thank you, Lord, for waking me up this day, and just because um, it's your communicate, it's your communication with the Lord. Like it's it's that's that's like one of the few times where it's just just you and Him. So prayer is definitely really important. What's some uh, things you've been praying about recently, man? Um, 
Uh, I pray the same. I pray the same prayer almost every night. Just that the Lord has a fantastic day the next day. My family, same thing. Uh, me, same thing. I also just um, I pray for the safety, health, everybody I know. Um, like I said, I pray that He improves me as a person. Uh, I pray that He just continues to allow me to just try to pursue a relationship with Him. And one big thing I say too is I just say. Lord, I pray that you continue to enter into my heart, make me a better person. I pray that you continue to be the leader of my life every day. So that's what that's basically what my prayers look like. Some Bible verses that you have. Mm -hmm. So the Bible verse, I'm actually wearing a wristband that says it's Luke one, uh it's Luke chapter one, verse thirty seven. For with God nothing shall be impossible. That's definitely definitely a Bible verse I've been thinking about, live by. I mean, I wear this wristband literally all the time too, so because just with God, just just nothing can be nothing can be impossible. Like if you think something's unattainable or unachievable, like through God, it is. Like you just gotta you just gotta have that relationship with Him, have that bond with Him. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Does uh, faith mean to you? Oh, faith. That's a good question. Um, to me, faith is just. It's crazy too because I posted a TikTok video, uh, something similar to this too. Just. Whatever trial or tribulation you go to, just maintaining maintaining not only your faith in God, but just your relationship with God, too. Because I remember seeing a video on TikTok as well. It said, now don't, now don't quote me on this. I'm trying to paraphrase a little bit right here. But it said, um, faith is the belief in something you can't see. So even though you can't physically see the Lord, his spirit is within all of us. So just having that faith and belief that no matter what you go through, like he's there, he's with you. That even if you're struggling, you could be um, drop dead poor or or something like he's right next to you saying, "Don't worry, your time will come." Like I'm I'm here for you. Like, um, just like you, man. Just like if nobody else loves me, Jesus loves me. So it's just it's just having that faith that no matter what you go through, good times or bad times, he's always there with you. That's what faith is to me. And like, there's this verse in Proverbs that kind of also says that it's like the he'll give the childless woman a child to bear, mm -hmm. and he'll give the poor to sit up with the righteous. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I feel like a lot of people think righteousness is money and stuff like that. But what does a true righteousness righteousness mean to you? True righteousness. Ooh, I gotta take that one in. That's a good one. Uh. Definitely not definitely not money. Money can do a bunch of stuff to you. Just um true righteousness. I guess you can say just living a good a good faithful life, a good fulfilled life. Because that's a big thing I say to my friends too. Like like even if I end up not being wealthy in the end, which is the goal to be wealthy, but even if I don't end up wealthy, it's just living a fulfilled life. Just um just being a, a good person. Cause I can't see myself going through every day just being mad at the world like even even if it's a job I'm in and I don't like it, like I gotta push through and find something to smile about in that job. Like I just can't be the person where I just wake up every day just resenting my life, something like that. So I would say definitely living a fulfilled life. Fulfilled life. Okay. And there's a quote I want to read you. Bet. All right, from art right, from Aristotle. Mm -hmm. It says, "Happiness is the meaning and purpose of life. Mm -hmm. The whole aim of existence, the whole aim of ex in existence of human experience." Now. I disagree with that quote, but I want to know what you think. What do you think the purpose of life is? Ooh, the purpose of life. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Man, he's, he's 
giving me these deep philosophical questions. <laughs> but um, I think the purpose of life is, I, I definitely, definitely the end goal is to make it to heaven, build that relationship with Christ. But just the goal, the goal of life. Wow, that's that's like you. Could, it's it's so huge, but it's also broad at the same time because you could go to many avenues with that question. But um. The goal of life, I would just say, is to just live, live a good life, I would definitely say. But, oh, wow, man, you stumbled. That, that was really good. <laughs> that was really good. That was really good. I bet she was behind the scenes saying, oh, I got it with this one. <laughs> That's what she was saying behind the scenes. But, yeah, just um, living a good life, but also just living in the image of Christ as well is definitely a big one. Um, um also, too, um, just I feel like a big one is impacting the others around you, too, because you could pursue that relationship with Christ, but just like either leave others out or don't don't um, spread his word, spread his gospel. And just. Um, man, man, I'm still stuck on that question, bro. That was crazy. That was a really good question. But, yeah, honestly, I would say just um, living a, a faithful, faithful, good life um, in the image of Christ and just. Just being impactful to people, I would say, is definitely a big thing. Like, impacting their lives. Like, be the type of person where somebody's excited to see you. Like, like they can't wait to hear what you say. And they just know that you emanate positive energy. I would say that's a big thing. Mm -hmm. Do you think your life currently reflects an image or a pursuing image of Christ that you talked about? Yeah, uh, I, would say, I would say yes, it's getting there. Um... I'm not completely where I want to be at too, cause um, you're you're better at this than me too. Just um, I want to get better at just, I want to get better at memorizing a, a bunch of scriptures too. Uh, memorizing scriptures, uh, I wouldn't say it's where I fully want it to be, but I'm that's why I'm trying to pursue it. Like I'm still trying to read the Bible, pray every day. Just um, every day when I catch myself like being judgmental or just being like mean spirited, I just I just try to just praying as the Lord to just make me a better person too so it's it's a work in progress I would say yeah and like something my mom always says is it's a journey yeah it's a big journey because like when you were saying like you check yourself I every day I check myself like when it comes to struggling with lust or something like that oh, yeah I'd be like yo what you, what you doing bro it's as, like as dudes too bro that's 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 a huge thing too but it's just one of on that on that topic we don't have to stay on the line but on that topic one thing i tell myself too if i have like any thoughts like that too is i've been recently saying like thoughts like get out of my head i got the lord jesus christ on my side like that's what i've been saying to myself to try to help emanate those thoughts too and like I, and like when those thoughts pop up i just sit back and think like dude what are you doing mm -hmm. like 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 why are you like why are you thinking like this and all that too so it's just it's just something where like you just take a like you, you, you really just gotta take a look at yourself and be like, be like, why am I thinking these thoughts? And like, just find the root of the problem, which it could be, like, what you're putting into your head too, like any type of media or like what you're hearing from other people too. So that's that's a big thing that'll help too with that. Yeah. But, why do you think uh, so many people struggle with lust, like especially as men? Man, because it's so accessible. It's so accessible, like. It doesn't even have to be through uh I don't know if we say it through P word or we, something yeah, like that. Through, through 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 corn. Yeah. Through corn or something like that. But um not even just through that, just through like social media or Twitter. Like you can like I can go onto Instagram trying to look up some WWE news and there'll be a girl with like her, her cheeks out or something like that. Like it's just it's just so accessible and just easy to easy to easy to just view. So 
it's just it's 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 really just it's it's really about the accessibility too and the opportunity because man it's just it's it's everywhere nowadays you see it it's it's even in like man, i don't even know it's just it's it's really about the accessibility i would say mm -hmm. so, yeah. you know there was a story i'm sure you know of it there was like this man that he's he spent $62,000 on an OnlyFans girl. That's crazy, bro. And, like, why? Like, that's, that's, oh, that's, like, that's the only thing I was asking. Like, like, why would you do something like that? I don't, I don't know, bro. It's just, uh, yeah, that's some crazy. 60 bands for that is insane. But, I don't know. Like I said, just accessibility. Maybe he came across her website or something. And uh, maybe he felt some type of connection. Maybe that she didn't feel the same way back or something. But he just... He he just wanted he just wanted to continue that that connection, mm -hmm. uh, per se. And if it was through spending money, he, I guess, is what he what he desired too. Because if you're if you're in a lustful state too, the more you're in that lustful state, the more you'll pursue more and you'll go to more drastic measures to get to that state. It's basically an addiction. Mm -hmm. It's an addiction because once you reach that first high, you'll try to always achieve that first high, which means you have to go to more extreme measures to get to that high too. So that'll cause you to do more drastic things like spending maybe a thousand dollars every time she posts a picture or something like that so that you can get more of it so that's definitely a big mm -hmm. it's definitely a big part of it and then i'd go as far to say like lust and like a pornography addiction is up there with drug addiction oh it is yeah. it absolutely is because you release the same dopamines as if you were I, I don't know if it was heroin or methamphetamine like the same dopamines you release when you get that high it's the same thing when you um when you do the deed like do the lustful thoughts so it's it's basically up there with drug addiction but like we don't really we don't really see it as that too because you always talk yourself out saying oh it's just this one time i won't do it again when you know the next day you'll be telling yourself the same thing so it is it is an addiction yeah and then you build that habit that you were talking about early yeah. on and then okay so like the person right now that may be struggling with lust what would you say to them to help them see themselves out of it Man, uh, definitely just talk to God too, cause I still struggle with lustful thoughts every now and then too. And I have a girlfriend, so like that's that's the biggest thing too. It's like I still struggle with lustful thoughts. So, um, biggest thing would just be like prayer. Just pray to God, ask Him to just remove those thoughts, those evil spirits that are around you. Just remove them away from you, and just um, and just 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 discipline too, cause. If you're on your phone a lot and you just feel like the content you're taking in is kind of driving you towards those lustful thoughts, just you just gotta put your phone down, step away, find something else to do too. That's probably the big thing I would say. Yeah. What's it called? What do you think? Speaking of lust in society, mm -hmm. what do you think the biggest problem with is? What do you think the biggest problem in our society is? Ooh, biggest problem in our in our society. Um. Man, uh, we're really sensitive nowadays. Really sensitive. Excuse me. Um, sensitivity uh, and just there's definitely a lack of communication. And I feel like I feel like everyone's just di just disconnected in a sense too. Cause uh, and maybe it's been like that for a while. I just haven't noticed it until like after COVID. But just like if you just drive down the street or if you walk past people, like. It just, it just it just seems like sometimes they just have like a mean face or something like that. They just don't look like like very like happy to be around other people too. So I feel like there's definitely a disconnect mm -hmm. between a lot of people nowadays too. But with the sensitivity, 
everyone's sensitive to everything too. Like, like you can you can make a joke and people will will take it to heart too. Exactly. So it's just sensitivity, uh, disconnection, communication. A lot of days, a bunch of problems happen because of a lack of communication. Whether it's through friendships, relationships, uh, partnerships, just lack of communication. It's just it's it's something that seems so like minor, but it happens so often too. So it's just crazy. I feel like. There are definitely bigger problems that I'm probably just forgetting about right now, but those are the ones that just come to mind. Mm-hmm. So you said you were in a relationship right now, right? Yeah. So how important do, are those things that you said, like, that we lack? Mm-hmm. How important do you think they are in a relationship or just friendships or girlfriends? Mm-hmm. So sensitivity, depending on who you're dating, you can't be sensitive. Because if, you, if you're cracking jokes on one another, you got to be able to throw them out. And whatever you dish out, you got to be able to take, too. So sensitivity is a no-no for a relationship, depending on who you're dating. Uh, communication, man, communication is a big thing because um, uh, every time you uh, every time you go somewhere, you gotta communicate it with them, um, just so that they don't have any thoughts about you doing anything, just to remove that equation. Um, but ju- yeah, just just communicating with them too, because you could have a misunderstanding with your partner. And they might take it to heart and get angry at you, but if you like just try to stay calm and communicate it, like you'll get the problem resolved. Like that's a big thing I try to do. Like whenever we have some type of miscommunication, like I always try to just stay calm and solve the problem there. Like I don't try to blow up or anything like that too, because yelling, only thing that matches yelling is yelling. Mm-hmm. So just trying to stay calm, uh, find a solution to the issue, and just. And just and just bettering yourself too, because it's easy to look at them and be like, oh, they're doing, oh, they're doing this. They need to improve this. Nobody, nobody that you're in a relationship with is going to be the ideal. Is going to be the perfect partner, because we all have this image in our head of like what our perfect partner is. But nobody you ever date is going to be that. So you just got to realize that, and realize that if that person has flaws, I have flaws too. So it's just a, a matter of understanding too. Mm-hmm. I would say just understanding your partner and just staying calm and resolving any issues y'all have so that y'all could reach higher goals together what's uh one of the goals that you envision for you and your relationship man uh we're coming up on our two-year anniversary uh in two months thank you thank you two-year anniversary in two months so um really just just motivating each other uh staying positive um continuing to communicate and just uh keeping that a big thing that we recently talked about too is just keeping that spark alive in the relationship too. Because um, my girl brought up uh, brought it up to my attention like uh, she just feels like we haven't gone as like out on as many dates like out to eat or something like that too. So it's just um, spending spending more of that quality time too. So definitely that's a goal too. Spend more quality time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's what's up, bro. Okay, walk me through the hardest challenge you've had to overcome in life. Ooh. Uh. Hardest challenge? Ooh, that's an interesting one. The hardest challenge I've had to overcome in my life. Um, this this wasn't the hardest challenge, but one that was close to was was trying to come to terms with not being able to play college basketball because like I was about to be devastated. I was about to be devastated. Or all right, here yeah here's okay. So here's the story. So I had already did summer workouts at the last school I was at, and about a month in, like it was September. I went to the financial aid office and basically after the whole conversation, it was looking like I wouldn't be able to afford to go to the school too. And I was calling my mom 
in the parking lot too. And I was like, dang, they're on the verge of crying if I didn't shed a tear because that's how much playing college basketball meant to me too. And I was just talking with her through. And she was like, she was like, look, it's fine. You'll go back up to the office. We'll talk with them, see if they could find any other scholarships for you or something like that too. So we were able to get it situated. I was able to play the season, but just that was definitely something that would have been rough for me. Just like not being able to, first of all, go to, go to that school too mm -hmm. and play college basketball was definitely something that was going to be rough. But, um, uh, hard challenges uh i've had death death deaths in the family that were definitely uh definitely tough um i would say a big thing is definitely forgiveness of family members probably more more towards my dad a little bit too because forgiveness of just like um it feels like a lack of effort to be there too and just uh i don't know because i don't know if it's stereotypical but just like um just that feeling of just like not seeing your dad at a game that you're at or something like that too like it sucks like especially when they tell you that they're gonna be there like like that sucks but trying to forgive him and like slowly start to mend mend our relationship um is definitely a tough challenge because uh it's it's better now because what my dad did is my senior year of high school he took a job at the high school so he could watch me play my final season so i definitely think that helped our relationship because at the beginning of the year i was like oh lord what's he gonna do here but it actually helped us because he would watch our practices uh he would talk to me he would he would cheer me on the most i've ever seen in my life so it, it actually it made me feel something in there too so just trying to forgive him and mend that relationship has definitely been a challenge but we're, we're making progress mm -hmm. and then oh, just walk me through because i know you said if you're if you want to answer this mm -hmm. yeah about your dad and everything mm, gotcha tell me before you got to the senior year point what was it like trying to forgive or trying to understand your father man uh trying to forgive him um process uh it was tough because my mom and dad got divorced when i was six so from six to like 17 that's a long time to like not really feel to feel some type of way about your dad so just the process of mending that relationship i mean i would talk with him he would call me after every game my senior year too and he would he would he would actually be like uplifting and um he actually helped me go on my first visit uh too which was pretty cool so just just him helping me out like that it, it showed it showed me that he that he like truly did care and all that too so that was a big part of us mending our relationship and then after that he came to a couple of my college basketball games too which was pretty big too so it was just um seeing him put that effort in uh into you know come to see my games uh and us still uh trying to talk on a regular basis too it's something that's definitely helping us out mm -hmm. so yeah what would you say because i know you say you, you, your relationship is improving yeah where would you categorize it right now oh man um obviously past the talking stage uh just i don't know if there's a i don't know if there's a word for it but we're we're at the point to where like I'm getting comfortable, like, being around him, going over uh, to his house and just uh, holding the conversation, cracking jokes and all that, too. So, um, it's definitely a work in progress, but we're getting there. We're making, yeah, we're getting there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And, like, I see this, because, like, I come from a, a single-parent household, yeah. primarily as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just with black family households, mm -hmm. especially, but, like, why do you see why where is a disconnect between fathers and sons or fathers and daughters mm. 
Well, um, man, I don't know what to tell you because, of course, there are kids of other races that have gone through the same thing too. But it's, I feel like it's mainly our race that's in like the the main mainstream for this type of um for this type of thing too. Is because, uh, man, just, 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 just our race just being young. A lot of them are young when they um have kids and all that too and just uh and i would say also too not being in really loving and caring relationships with each other too because a lot of times people a lot of times black people will just get with someone just for a one night stand or something like that too and that's where stuff like that can happen where it's a single uh single parent household too but um there's numerous factors that can go into it uh upbringing uh upbringing like you can see uh like if you're in like some type of abusive relationship, if you witness your parents in that, you you normalize it in your head. You think that's what a normal, healthy relationship looks like. So, uh, upbringing, um, lack of, I don't know if I want to call it lack of lack of like knowledge about like what a caring relationship would be, but just um, just just really when we're young um, and our upbringing too, a lot of that factors into it too. And, uh, man, there's, there's so many, I'm, I'm dropping blanks right now, but like, I'm trying to, there's so many other reasons, but I just can't think of any else right now. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was struggling with like my, my father's mm -hmm. and stuff like that, yeah. my mom told me people know how to love based off how they were loved. Yeah. And kind of, then that kind of put in a lot of things in perspective to me, like, what if my father was taught, oh, this is how I love. So I'm going to love my kid like that. Yeah. And I'm like. How do I want to love my kids? Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you, like, how do you want to change the narrative or mm -hmm. with your children or your yeah. family? Well, first, uh, I'm waiting until I um, have a, I'm waiting until I'm able to provide them a good support system, like financially, emotionally, everything. Just, I'm just trying to wait until I get to a point in my life where anything that my kids need or in some cases want as well, like I'm going to provide I'm gonna provide for them too, because when I was growing up, like my mom, she like she would have loved to put me in AAU, but like she just didn't have the money for it because it was expensive. So I just want to get to a place to where I can give my kids the best chance to succeed, and I want them to grow up seeing a healthy relationship too, which is a big part of it. So just uh, being present in their lives, um, giving them a good support system. Uh, want to be present in their lives, like every huge moment, I want to be there, like even if I have to tell the tell the office like hey if you fire me over this so be it because there are other jobs but there's only there's only <laughs> a first time only happens once mm -hmm. and if you miss it it just it just sucks so definitely just um being able to just provide them a good support system giving them everything that they need to just succeed later in life mm -hmm. and speaking of success talk to me like what does success mean to you mm -hmm. so success can be defined differently it kind of basically depends on your goals because you can you can count um you can count getting through a day of work as success like it's just based on uh your goals and like your outlook on life so i would just say success is just just um just achieving achieving the goals that you have achieving the goals that you have whether it's minor or major like like i said like just getting through a day of work could be a success or getting that uh, dream job you have is a, is a success so 
it really just depends on what your goals are. But yeah, I would really, I would really just say just achieving, achieving whatever, whatever you're up to, like whatever goals you have in mind. Mm -hmm. Now there's another quote I want to read you. Yeah. It says, "No great mind has ever existed without a touch of madness." Mm -hmm. And speaking of success and great minds, like what does that quote mean to you? Do you agree or disagree? Mm, read it again. That's interesting. Hold no great mind uh -huh. has ever existed without a touch of madness. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And then what was the second part? Do you agree or disagree with that quote? I would honestly agree with that too, because with that success might come like not maybe a level of insanity, but like you have to be like. Yeah, I would say I agree with that. I do, because best best way I could explain it from a, from a standpoint is really is really sports. Again, I can explain it from a sports uh, perspective. It's just the GOATs, like LeBron, Jordan, Kobe, like they had all great minds of the game, but they have some craziness in them too. To be able to nonstop do what they do, like on a, on a level that's just unbelievable, like Kobe, like uh, now... I don't I, I don't know if the story is true, but I wouldn't be shocked if Kobe did some did something like this. So there was there was something I heard where uh where Kobe was shooting a game winning shot and a camera flashed and he missed a shot because he had a flash in his eyes and then it said so over the summer Kobe would like stare at the sun or something like that to like <laughs> to like um prevent that from happening. If that's a fake story, it is what it is, but I can see Kobe doing some mess like that, bro. Like like to to be successful you have to have some level of madness to stay committed to what you want to do, whether that's um, missing out on going out with friends, um, whether it's you have to tell your girlfriend or boyfriend, like, hey, I just can't go out tonight. Like, I got to focus on this. You have to have some level of madness to just uh, to just be in that mindset, that mode to just keep going forward and just forget about the stuff right now. Like, you'll get to it when you succeed, but just like focusing on the goal that you have. So I would say you have to have some level of madness. Mm -hmm. And then speaking of that madness, like, and you t told me about the goats that you, mm -hmm. like Kobe, LeBron, yeah. who are some people that you, like, looked up to? And are, they, are those some of those people? Looked up to, um, definitely my mom. My mom was, my mom is my biggest inspiration, too. Uh, from a basketball standpoint, I looked up to LeBron. Just what he does in the community is just amazing. Um, my favorite, my favorite player myself, personally, is Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, I look up to him, too. He's just all around, just chill guy. Um... Had a, had a good career and was never in any type of drama or anything. Just stayed loyal to his family, which is what LeBron did, too. So those are definitely some good role models. Um, but I would definitely say my mom. Well, my mom, for sure. Why is, why is your mom someone you look up to the most? Man, it's just, just uh, especially now that I'm older, seeing seeing and hearing all the stories about what that woman had to go through. Like, not even, not even like when she had me, just like before and everything, too. It's just like, it, it's just like, wow, she could have just given up at any moment and just said, like, like, like screw the both of us and just like could have done her own thing but just like for her to make so many sacrifices to make sure that I'm happy there were probably nights that like she she just she just cried and I didn't even know it like I could have woken up happy but she could have been devastated trying to focus on paying the bills or something like that too but it's just just seeing seeing her be able to push through no matter no matter what's um no matter what uh, trial she's put through or no matter what problem she's faced, she always finds a solution to it. And I, I truly respect that. And she's my biggest inspiration. Mm -hmm. What, uh, if you want to, what sort of kind of things did she tell you that she got herself out of or saw herself mm -hmm. through? 
So it's mainly just, it's mainly stories with my dad um, and just like him not really being present, uh, present in our lives too. Cause he would, he would go out a lot too and just leave her at home with me a lot. Like he would go chill with his buddies or something like that too. But um, yeah, just hearing stories about my dad, hearing about um, her journey through school. Cause originally she went to, I think it was either Southern or LSU Shreveport. It was one of those two, because she's originally from Shreveport. Um, and just hearing about how she had met my dad and he was the one that uh, was gonna move to Texas, uh, I think for a job opportunity, and she decided to go with him. And then um, when she came over here to continue college, like the Louisiana education system is completely different from Texas. So when she transferred over, none of her credits transferred over. So she basically had to start all over, start all over through school. So. That was that was something that was really tough for her too, and also too, just after her and my dad split, she was actually contemplating moving back to Shreveport, and just um, she was really contemplating doing it. But after she looked at all the schools, she just said, "I just can't put my son through this because the schools aren't the greatest up in Shreveport." She was just like, "I can't put my son through this. Like, I'll just tough it out down here." So she, I, I can only imagine a woman that had no friends and a kid in a huge state like Texas and just her being able to, to just, uh, if we couldn't find nobody else for her to be my main support system too, was just, was just incredible. So yeah. Sounds like your mom had that level of madness that we talked oh, about. Oh, she had the dog in her. Yeah. She had the dog in her. Yeah. Um, I don't want to put on a facade like we, like we're in the slums too. No, I definitely still classify us as middle class too, but there were, there were like, um, definitely times too where like, uh, of course, every now and then I'd, I'd get stuff here and there, too. We had a system where, like, every Friday she would, like, give me something from, like, some cheap from McDonald's or something like that, too. Uh, but I don't want to put on facade, like, we're from the slums or not like that, too. We're still middle class. There were definitely times where, like, she couldn't, like, give me everything that, like, I potentially could have needed or wanted for my future, where she couldn't give me everything. But she still did a great job with the cards that she was dealt. Mm -hmm. So I respect her a lot. Okay, so... What's okay if you could uh, phrase up one to two sentences, something you want to say to your mom? Mm -hmm. What would you say? First of all, I'd be like, Mom, I love you. Thank you for all that you've uh, done for me in my life. I appreciate you. And just uh, you're an amazing woman. And you're honestly the best mom in the world. I couldn't ask for better. That's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's up, bro. I tell you, like, moms, bro, especially like, it's, I see a lot of people get dealt the wrong cards yeah. when it comes mm -hmm. to parents and stuff mm -hmm. but like when you have like the moms that we have and yeah. the moms you did your, mm -hmm. your mom that you described it's yeah. like how can you just not be grateful facts for like you know facts like just like i couldn't imagine having any anyone else like i couldn't imagine having um just just a mom that just um just like just just didn't support me as much as she did because if it would have been any different i would have turned out a different person for sure like i probably wouldn't have loved sports as much i would probably been interested in other things or something like that too so i'm i'm, I'm thankful for her every day i really am mm -hmm. your mom's a g too i can tell yeah your mom's a g <laughs> tell you but like my mom like the amount of times i'd like i could go to her or i'd she told me stories of, like how your mom would tell mm -hmm. you stories. Yeah. I'm like, you went through this? Yeah. I was five and you went, what? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. yo. Uh, yeah, you, we probably woke up that morning happy or something. You didn't even realize. Exactly. It, like, it's, it's, just a, it's just a crazy thought. It's like, sometimes we just, and I think I am victim of this sometimes. I take 
my mom for granted at oh, times. Yeah. You yeah, know? Absolutely. Take for take her for granted too. Um Yeah, definitely take definitely take mom for granted too. Everybody out there, tell your mom you love them. Yeah, we're gonna put a love chain throughout the comments. Yeah, gotta do it. Love chain. Yeah. But yeah, um But yeah, man, just gotta just gotta love moms because no matter because no matter what, they they get it done. They get it done. Now I wanna revert back to like Christianity if you're okay with that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so what speak on a time if you have any that you went through a rough season of God or and how you saw yourself through it. A rough season. Oh wow. Um there have been multiple. Uh uh throughout last year throughout last year of college too, even though the basketball aspect of it was cool the the social side of it wasn't that great because I had my roommate who was my best friend who was also on the team um and then I had my other teammates too who were all cool but other than other than my teammates who were who are who I was really good friends with I didn't talk to nobody else on campus so just going to every class and just like not talking with people just feeling like you just don't fit in something like that too it's just it's just tough and like I was telling my girl this the other day too like I wasn't depressed, but like if I was saving another year, like I was on a path to getting there too. So, um, but I was glad that I had my Bible last year, was able to read through it. Um, other rough, rough patches. Um, of course, the arguments when you're younger, you hear your folks argue. That's that's something too. But I didn't know. I I wasn't acquainted with Christ back then too, so I wouldn't have known. But um, any other rough patches? Uh. Let me think. There are probably plenty. Um, ooh, let me see. Um, some stuff, some stuff through COVID, maybe. Um, I know my dad's dad. He died. He died during COVID. That was. Uh, I know that was tough on him. Um, yeah, those are the those are some of the things that come to mind too. Because I'm trying to think of like when I like really knew about Christ, like problems, because of course you get problems when you're like eight or nine, but you don't, you don't read your Bible that much or pray as much when you're eight. At least I didn't. Yeah. But yeah, um, those are the things I could think of that come up to like recent memory. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. Has there ever been like questions like you've questioned God of like who he is or something mm -hmm. like that? Of course. I mean, we all have questions too. And um, it's sometimes it's not even just like deep philosophical questions. Like sometimes randomly I'll just get the thought like, does God exist? And I'm and like I snap I snap back. I'm like I'm like, dude, of course he does. And I just think about everything that he's done in my life. Like like I literally think about this. Um, I th I, th I think about it all the time. Just um, him putting uh, great people in my life. Like that's that's like that's no that's no coincidence. Like that's him literally putting good people in my life to set me on the right path. Um, literally when I had no other options in terms of like playing playing somewhere. He, he had he had a coach respond to me, uh, call me up, schedule a visit for the next week. Like, like, like it was it was just crazy. And I know I was pr I was praying crazy to be able to play too. So he definitely like that definitely answered my question. Does he exist too? But of course I have questions of just like because I'll see different arguments on TikTok too. And there are some people that like don't believe in Christ that make some decent points too. They're like. Well, if Christ exists and He is a loving God, why does He put people through certain things that they that they go through? Like, why is there um, death, famine, uh, pollution, and all that too? And I think that to myself sometimes too. But then I hear the counter arguments 
that uh, Christians give as well, too. They just give arguments of, of, well, first of all, God gives us free will. So with that free will, you're able to make your own decisions, too. Because one of the questions they ask is, like, why can't there just not be any of this? And why can't everything just be peachy? Well, God is caring and loving God, too. So he gives us all free will. So we're able to make our own choices. So if we're able to make our own choices, we can decide whether we want to follow him or not. No matter what you decide, he's always there. He's always there. But if you decide to follow him, that leads on a path um, to really building that relationship, too. But if you don't follow him, that's that's the choice that you decide to make. And God's uh, and God's willing to give you that choice, too. Like he's because a thought I have sometimes, too, is they ask, why can't everyone just get a pass into heaven by just saying they believe in God or something like that, too? And my thought is, if God just said, hey, no, you have no other choice. You have to follow this. That's like a dictatorship. Like, mm -hmm. is that really like like a love does that sound like a loving or kind god to you like no like you have to do this you yeah. have to, like you have to do this. like you have no other choice no so he gives us free will so he's a love he's a loving caring god too but if you decide to go down a different path which could lead to violence or something else too he's he 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 gives us free will so it's it's really it's really up to up to you like where you go with it so there are definitely different questions i ask too but um they always they always find a way to get answered uh, just to strengthen my faith. So, mm -hmm. I don't know if I asked this, but what does Jesus and believing in God mean to you personally? Mm. Believing in God and believing in Jesus. Like I said, um, just no matter what you do, knowing that he's there with you and just um, believing in Jesus, believing that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. That's one of the biggest things. It's so cliche, but John three sixteen. that's like one of, if not the most crucial like scripture you need to know because like, you need to believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and that all the sins that had been racked up, like it was basically debt that was racked up. He paid off all of our debts through his through his pain, through his suffering, through uh, through his torture. Like because if, if you think about it, like like I hear the like I just recently found out like more deep, more of the deep details. Like, you know, he was stabbed and lost so much blood that it was just water. Yeah, he lost so much blood that it was just water, dude. Like, it's, like, that's crazy. And just hearing how he had to just carry the cross, how he was nailed to it, those thorns on, like, it's just, like, it, it's it's just crazy. Like, like he, he did this for people, not only that were living at the time, but people that wouldn't even know about him, like, thousands of years later. So just knowing that Jesus died on the cross is, like, one of the most crucial things that you have to have as a Christian, one of the most crucial crucial thoughts and just knowledge overall as a Christian that you need to have. Like it's it's really inspirational when you hear it like a bunch of like him him just showing so much love to just get rid of all of our sins because we were all supposed to be damned to hell. Mm -hmm. Damned to hell from our sins. But just him making that sacrifice, God sending his only son to pay off all of our debts to to oh, man. Give me worth it right now. But still <laughs> But yeah, it's just, it's it's really crazy to think about. So I feel like just believing in Jesus and believing in God, just knowing that Jesus died on the cross for us and just knowing that he's He's here with us and that he loves us. Mm -hmm. All right, so, so say, bro, what is your testimony? Mm -hmm. I swear, bro, that's a, that's a deep one. Um, Just, uh, just, it always felt like there was just something just back there, like telling me to telling me, you know, to like do something, whether it was like pray or read the Bible. Like I would pray every now and then too, but it like wasn't 
wasn't really uh serious. And then just one day, like I just thought to myself, I was like, I was like, huh, where's the where's the Bible I had? And then like I went searching for it too, and I was asking my mom where it was too. And like I saw it, I was like, you know what, bro? Like, let me start just like reading this, getting into it, and just like and just and and just and just reading it, it's just like it's crazy too, because what I found and what I try to do is in every chapter of every book you try to read, there's some message you can take away from it. So that was a big thing I was trying to focus on too, because there's 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 a there's a message in not only whatever like story or book, but a message in almost every verse that you read too. It's just like and and you can relate it to your life too, because like there are um there are comparisons um back in the back in the Old Testament to like the times back then, uh just stuff they had going on that you could relate to what's going on in your life too. Um and it's just I don't know, it was just it was just eye opening and honestly whenever I decided to pick up the Bible again and start reading it was it was over from there. Like I'm just just continuing on. It's just I don't know like I don't even know how to describe it. It was just like it was just like some some that day just like randomly told me like let like let me pick this up and like really start reading it. Cause I had that Bible from when I was like younger too. And like, I never touched it up in this little, um, this little closet we had too, but I got it out, just started reading. So yeah, that was, that, that was just, that was just something that I honestly find crazy to this day that I was able to do. And the fact that we didn't throw it out or like lose it or anything like that too, is kind of, it, it kind of seems like it sat there like, like intentionally in a, in a weird kind of way. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, the fact that it just like was never touched or moved just for me to find it again too was just it was pretty cool. So yeah, that's that's, yeah, that's kind of what I would say. So how has uh, living a life as a Christian or kind of like affected you? Mm-hmm. It's definitely given me a better outlook on things. Um, I try my best to find the positive in everything, but at the end of the, at the end of the day, we're still human. So you can be judgmental. We're very opinion. We we have our own opinions. Um, but just trying to just trying just trying to find the good in everything, and just show and just show love because it's it's way easier to hate than it is to love. So just um, it just it's really just changing my perspective. I'm really like it's and it's a challenge every day too because you have your you have all types of temptations. It doesn't even have to be lust. You have you have all types of temptations too. But it's just it's just it's just really just trying to have discipline and just find the look at the better side of life too cuz you could wake up every morning and just be negative about everything hate your situation but just waking up thanking the lord first of all that you're awake at all cuz i I'd, I'd rather go through negative stuff than just not be alive too cuz like you're able to live a a beautiful life so just just waking up every morning thanking the lord and just just looking at the brighter side of things cuz no matter what there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. I know that's cliche, but it's true. It's true. It's true. Like no matter what, there's always there's always a positive at the end of it. So, so let's say let me give you some. Let's say an unbeliever walked in mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. How would you introduce them to Christ? Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a tough one because even from videos I've seen, it's tough trying to transform people to. Not let me not say transform. That's a that's a tough word, but just trying to um get people to uh believe in Christ. That's tough. It's just you gotta. 
maybe I would try to ask about past experiences too, because a lot of things that people say they don't believe in Christ is, well, I went through this, where was he? So I would just try to ask about their past experiences and just try to find points like where Christ was. Maybe they just didn't see him. So that's probably the avenue I'd take. You know, like something I notice is it's like a deconstruction. Mm-hmm. And when I say deconstruction, it's like when you finally find God or find a relationship with him, mm-hmm. you're going to fall and you're going to have mistakes. Yeah. But it's because you're deconstructing your past self and God is reconstructing mm-hmm. someone like he wants you to be. That makes sense. Yeah. That was fire, bro. You need to preach or something, bro. Reconstruct it, though. Oh, yeah, that's deconstruct yourself to construct a better person. Oh, that's, that's fire, bro. Fire. What's the last thing you learned that changed you? Um, oh, the last thing I learned that changed me. Uh, man. Just to, um, ooh. Maybe maybe think before you speak sometimes too, because um, I'm I'm a real like jokative type of dude, and sometimes I could like take the joke a little too far. So you just don't know like what people have gone through, and it's something I still got to tell myself every day too. Just you don't know what people go through, so saying one thing could like hurt them way more than you think. So just 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 being aware of someone's situation or something that they've been through, and just like um. Just, 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 just watch, just watching your tongue. Watch what you say. Just think, think before you say everything. Because there are some stuff where you're like, oh, okay, it's fine, it's a joke. But there are some things that could like really hurt someone, and that could damage your relationship with them too. So just really thinking before you speak, I would say, it's definitely something I'm, uh, definitely something that changed me, and something I'm still working on. Do you think that ties into the, the what we discussed earlier about how sensitive society is? Sensitivity, um. No, because I feel like sensitivity is a different aspect. Because um, that's that's a person's past that you're messing with too, and it could be it could be like a really hurtful one too. So just saying something could just unlock any type of painful memory too. I would say sensitivity goes more along the lines of um, just like uh, you having a different opinion than someone, and then them taking it personally or taking it to offense. That's that's more sensitivity, where it's like they take something to heart that's more of a minor minor situation too or something that doesn't involve them at all as well too so i don't think that has to do with sensitivity all right so the next question i got is when was the last time you cried and why Ooh, when was the last time i cried and why oh dang dude it's actually it's actually it's actually been a minute since i cried now i'll tell you i i almost cried a few times when I just sit back and just think like I, I go, I go um like step by step, like all the things that Christ has done to me, that's led up to the point I am now. Like, like I'll feel, I'll feel something, but I won't cry. But like, I've, I've been pretty close to it. Um, yeah. Just thinking about all the great things he's done in my life, all the people he's blessed me to um, be friends with, be in a relationship with just uh, every time I think about that type of stuff, it just, it kind of like makes me feel those tears start to, uh, uh, up here, but last time I cried, uh, it might it might have been when I was calling my mom in that parking lot about to not play. Uh, at the thought of me not playing college basketball, it might have been then because I know I shed a tear then, so it might have been then. What kind of things you said? What God has brought you through? What kind of things has He brought you through? Oh, He's brought me through um, a single parent household. That's 
no, no matter how much money you have, that's tough. That's tough not having a father figure there too. And just only, only having a mom. Cause mom has to play your mother literally has to play mom and dad. So that's, that's really tough. Just not having that father figure like in your life to like give you those, to give you those like, like the, the lessons that you learn. Cause I feel like the dad's, give the lessons from past experiences and the moms are supposed to give you that emotional support where you talk to them about anything regardless whereas the dads they tell you hey this is right from wrong this is how you know you succeed in the future this is what you need to do to make sure you have this so like not having that father figure is uh it's it's definitely tough but i was able to i was able to make it through um going through divorced parents uh you know uh, you you hear the arguments. Walk, even walking into an argument too is tough, but getting through that, getting through that's good. Um, he, yeah, he brought me through that, and I would also say just uh, just just all of middle school and high school together too, because there were there were deaths. Um, there were deaths throughout. Uh, what else? Just 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 all honestly, all sorts of things through pain. Because uh, I know there's injuries that come along with sports too. So through all the pain that you feel, just those are the things that he's brought me through. All right, so walk me through what it was like going through middle school and high school. Ooh, okay. Middle school, man. Middle school. I, I think most people could agree to this. Middle school is when you get like um, with de- desensitized maybe to a lot of stuff where you get no where you get exposed to a lot of stuff. Like that's where you start seeing all the all the crazy crazy um videos post uh that's that's when you really start swearing and all that too because you think it's cool because everybody else is doing it. that's when you get exposed to just that that uh the the like probably the negative aspects of life that's when you get exposed to it too because kids kids are kids are young but like when you see especially when you see the older kids like the eighth graders or seventh graders do it, you think oh that's cool like i should try doing it too that's that's where you start like getting into those um getting into those habits and then high school uh oh my oh let me finish with uh middle school middle school i would say middle school was fun it uh it kind of gave me gave you a taste of like what the actual real world is it's not peaches and cream like there are people that have like potty mouths and all that too um high school really exposed you to stuff too because i I think it was like either in the first uh two months or something we had a football player die had a football player die and then there was um another another death that, that we heard about too so like it was it was really eye-opening too just seeing like dang like this is like this is like actually real life like stuff like this can happen and it was it was just crazy too and just meeting all the different types of people seeing their different outlooks on life just um hearing about the different stories they go through which were insane but you know uh but i would say high school was a very good experience too i was that's where i met the majority of my friends that i have now uh me and kevin were lucky enough to meet in uh, middle school but yeah, um, that's where I met the majority of the friends I have now. Uh, played uh, played sports. Sports got me through a lot of stuff in high school too. Um, was able to meet some cool teacher, meet some cool teachers, some cool teachers. Now there were some there were some crappy ones, but there were some good ones too. Um, and honestly, just just going through life, having experiences, um, and just and just seeing all different types of people just come together too. It was just. It, it was it was a very interesting time. It was a very fun time for me, though. I would say. When you said uh, seeing people's other outlooks on life, yeah, what is your definition of? 
So it doesn't even have to just be religion. So it it could just be how they view um, certain jobs, how they view marriage, how they view uh, family life, just seeing uh, different people's backgrounds and like hearing, hearing some of the um, people talk uh, to just, just like seeing their different perspectives on life too. Cause one person could uh, be for marriage. One person could be against marriage. One person could want kids. One person could not have kids. Just seeing, seeing like everything not be so black and white, like seeing that like there's, there's like, um, like a deeper, deeper understanding of like everybody, like everybody has a story basically. So just, just seeing different perspectives on life was pretty cool. What is your story? Like, let's say like empty book, Mm. someone is writing the book. What's your story? Ooh, what's my story? Um, a kid born in, uh, Dallas, Texas, kid born in Dallas, Texas, um, uh, goes through, goes through, um, a rough patch, um, when his parents, like, they have their whole, uh, situation, all that too, and just, um, just trying to live the best life possible in a single, single household, it would be different experiences lumped up in that too, and just, um, and just getting through middle school and high school, not getting into too much trouble, I had my moments, but not getting into too much trouble, nothing serious, and then just uh being being surrounded by a group of people that like truly care and love about you and uh love you so it's just o- overall the ending message would just be to um the overall just theme of the book would just be um just keep pushing just keep pushing no matter what cuz um you can like like if you really just think back on all the experiences you've been through to like where you are now like a younger you would dream to be where you are now, whether it's your emotional state, your mental state, your physical state too. Like, like I remember when I was like, cause I was chunky in middle school. Like I remember like, man, like I wish I was more uh, built. I wish I was more built and had like a better physique. Well, I have it now. So like a younger me would be like, wow. And I think back to times too. Cause like sometimes I get sad that I'm not playing college basketball this year. And I just, th- and I just think to myself like, man, like a younger me, if I told a younger me that I played college basketball, like he would, he would be ecstatic. Like he would be running around the house going crazy. Like what? We play college basketball. We're going to be like LeBron and stuff like that. So it's just, it's just really crazy to think about something like that too. So like a past, a past you would love, would like dream to be in the state that you are right now. And that continues on too. like where you wish you are now, the future you could be there too. So it's just. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the overall theme of my book, though. I got a little off topic, but the overall theme of my book, just keep pushing. Keep pushing. Why do you think it's so hard for uh, individuals who go through mental health or depressive episodes Ooh. to not keep pushing? Ooh, because that, that mental battle is something dangerous. Like, the like the mind is powerful. Mind is very powerful. Like, that that mental battle you have, like, your your biggest critic is yourself. So if you're just constantly just beating yourself down, beating yourself down, if you beat yourself down so much to the point to where whatever anybody else says, like, can't, can't help you at all, like, you're like, that's, like, that's, that's really tough. So it, it does, it does suck being in those mental battles too. And sometimes people fall to those mental battles too, like suicide and all that too. And it's a, it's something that's really rough, but like, it's, it, it is tough to keep pushing through those mental battles. But, but like I said, just, um, like the biggest thing I could say is like, cause nobody, nobody from the outside can help your mental state unless you want, 
your mental state to get fixed too. So just like just just through pay, uh, prayer, read uh, reading the Bible, man. Like it's just like like that's that's real that's really the main answer that that you can have in that situation because like mental battle like a a good case of mental battle it doesn't even have to be depression it could be as an athlete just losing your confidence you know how bad it is when you lose your confidence like because confidence is everything if you lose that confidence it's really hard to get it back so that could go same thing for the mental state too like if you think that you're in a really bad place and you just keep thinking that it's hard to come back from that like it's really tough to fight through and i respect people that have gone through depression and then they're able to fight through that too because it's it's rough because I'm I'm thankfully never had to experience depression too, but like I've I've like I've known people that have like gone through it. And it's it's some rough that could that could lead you to even thoughts of suicide. So I would I would just say prayer and reading the Bible too, and if you can try to have try to have um uh try to have a good support system because I know everyone can't because there are some people out there that just don't don't that just don't feel like anyone loves them too and the big message i could say is that god loves you and like that's that's the one love that matters that's the one love that actually counts and matters too so just just through prayer talking with him just 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 telling him like lord just get me through this day make me one percent better every day like in my mental state and eventually if you keep that habit up over time you'll just start to get better and start having a better outlook on it but i respect people that have depression are able to fight through it what was uh how was a topic of mental health taught to you growing up? Mm, so my mom always emphasized that if I wanted to tell her to tell her like like anything, to talk to her about anything. So just uh mental health, I don't I don't really have that many experiences with mental health other than like uh losing confidence on the court. Cause like that's that's honestly probably when I was exposed to it. Like my mom was just talking to me and, and saying like like you're like you're good it's just it's just it's just your confidence like like i know you're good like when i look at you play i can see that you're good on the court it's just like a part of you maybe doesn't think so which is which is like which is huge so me- mental health ooh i'm i'm blessed i wasn't able to i i didn't have to go through any situation where like um i was depressed or anything like that too but that was really when mental health was kind of exposed to me a little bit too Going through high school, COVID, mm-hmm. college basketball, has your view of mental health or just the topic of it changed since then? Oh, absolutely. Because um, uh, playing sports and going through high school, going through high school, you have to have some type of outlet to just release everything too. Because whether that's um after after school clubs or something, or just or just going home, just lying down, finding your safe space, because. Once all that work and stress starts to build up, it weighs on you. And just to have that that feeling of relief that you can escape that and do something else that you actually enjoy, that's important. Because if you add up all that stress and you don't find any way to like release that stress in any way, once it stacks up, like that's where it really starts to affect the mental too. And you start overthinking everything and you think that um, you're just not going anywhere in life. So yeah, and then playing in college too, you got to have – as a, as an athlete it's really overlooked in athletes about mental health too cuz you you train you train your body you put your body through like through through physical risks to try to be as as best as you can too so just having that mental fortitude to just think like hey this is all going to pay off in the end is is really important too and just um 
a lot of athletes hear a bunch of negativity too uh, through their game, like a bunch of people telling them that they suck or something like that too. And that can really weigh on you too. And once you start like, and once that creeps into your head, you start almost thinking it yourself. Like, man, I'm not that good. Like I suck, but then you, you really aren't. So mental health for athletes is definitely, definitely something serious too. I mean, it's, it's a deep situation for everyone too, but it's, it's really overlooked with athletes because a bunch of professional athletes right now uh, struggle with that too. Cause they're 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 almost almost the entire year just working on their craft working at the sport and still receiving hate for it too which is which is insane but yeah it's definitely an overlooked aspect of sports i don't know if you know that story of the nba player that was drafted and then like a year later into his career he retired because of mental health really Dang, you told me some new too i didn't even know about that because um uh it's, it's not it's not shocking though too because you 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 invest so much you invest so much into the sport that you're playing so just just being able to find something else to get your mind off of that sport is important because if you start to drown yourself in that sport too much you you lose your sanity in a sense because you like it's like you can be you can love to play basketball too but you need to find an escape every now and then just to just to just to clear your thoughts clear your mind of everything that you're going through too because it's stressful that's that's where a lot of it comes from too is the, it's the stress of the job too because when you're a professional athlete it's like a regular job but like you can get fired and like lose your source of income too so that's very stressful so it weighs on them so i'm not shocked if a player can retire after a year because that's that's a lot of pressure on him um another athlete that struggled with uh mental health Kyrie, Kyrie's mental health too like it's just it's it's common throughout athletes like nfl players nba players uh, MLB players, like a bunch of a bunch of people, struggle through it. So it's it's very common. Speaking of Kyrie and like all that, why do you think society kind of like turned on him when they mm. about the anti-Semitic things? The same thing with Kanye. Like, why do you think society just said like mm. we're gonna cancel? You? Yeah, um, it's uh the cancel part. I mean that that can go along with sensitivity too, but it's also it's also an agenda too. Because they know if a certain athlete is associated with their brand, they're going to lose that part of the demographic. So instead of just like um, to, to avoid the risk of losing that demographic, they just say, yeah, we're just going to have to terminate our partnership. So that it kind of goes along with the sensitivity aspect of it as well, too. Because I mean, but that's just the world we live in, too. Athletes have to watch what they say way more than they used to. That's just that's just how it is. You uh see or do you think of an agenda that society is trying to push out right now an agenda they're trying to push out um um i would say definitely to appeal more to the lgbtq lgbtq community um which which in the prop which in the problem it's not a problem at all to do that but it's also just like uh it's it's literally everywhere. You see some something involved with that everywhere. Any type of partnerships and all that too. And I feel like a lot of groups have an issue with it because because if you like relate it to the progress that other groups had to had to make, like uh, women's suffrage or even the uh, civil rights movement, like they like they get so much um so much more coverage than like any of those ever got to. Now, mind you, social media wouldn't as big as it was back then too but it was just like they're making so much more progress than other groups had made too and some people some people can feel like man like what we took like like um 
like 20, 30 years to accomplish. They're getting it done in like five years or something like that too. But um, that's definitely an agenda that's getting pushed. They're trying to appeal more to the LGBTQ community. Um, an overall agenda they're trying to push is to not upset, not upset anyone too. It's like, it's to just like make sure everyone's happy, which is kind of, which is kind of hypocritical of like how the world is. Cause everybody, everybody can't be happy with, with everything. Cause there, there's going to be someone that doesn't like it no matter what you do. So appealing to everyone is kind of, it's, 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 it's kind of difficult and it seems it seems almost impossible to do. It, it might as well be impossible. So just just not trying to hurt anyone's feelings and trying to appeal to everyone and just be so and to like just be like um so happy about all that stuff too. I don't know. One thing I do see too is that um I know for, I know for sure like Chris, Christianity kind of being uh, like treated as like a back thought or even trying to be hidden as well too because i remember specifically a video where uh a man had came on and like he started um he started like um talking about jesus christ and like uh about scripture a little bit too and next thing you know his other side was all of a sudden cut off and just like they said they lost connection with him or something like that too when it didn't look like they lost connection it looked like they just straight up cut him off too so it seems like hiding christianity hiding the good word uh hiding the lord from others seems kind of like an agenda because you see you notice too how in like mass media type type things they try to kind of keep uh keep jesus and god and like christianity kind of out of kind of out of it too uh, now it could appeal to just making sure everyone's happy because you know not everyone believes in christ too but it's just it's just like you said you're, you're just not going to make everyone happy too and like when you're making the person happy about not seeing jesus you could anger someone that wants to see jesus too so it's just 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 i feel i feel like kind of just um pushing like treating christianity as like an afterthought and just like not trying to not trying to showcase it and display it out to the public is definitely an agenda i feel like what i would say is just because a a big thing too that i've noticed that a lot of people on social media do when they try to either convert people or they try to like um, spread the word like either they're either they're doing it for an ulterior motive like to push their brand or something like that too. Like we've all seen those videos where they're like, stop and scroll if you love Jesus or something like that. Like I hate those type of videos. Like you like, even if you are Christian, like I just don't, I just don't see that. That's why like me, like when I post, I just start talking and just get straight into it. Like I don't tell people to like or follow or nothing like that too. Cause it's about, it's about spreading the message at the end of the day too. And I pray, I pray to Jesus every day too. I'm gonna pray after this too, that he just like, doesn't let anything get to my head and then like i still try to keep pushing out a positive message and just like not not trying to have ulterior motives because after you post a video like that too it's easy to think oh let me see how many views i got Ooh, what should i do next time but then i just sit back and think like man like i shouldn't put too much thought into that like i just need to speak from the heart and just like speak my message too so just um just not 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 talking with um just, just not spreading the word through ulterior motives too, and also just, just, um, just showing, showing love too, because you hear a bunch of other people that will preach on TikTok, but they sound like they sound like aggressive. Jesus stopped your scrolling for this reason right now, like, 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 just, 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 just be loving, like, be, like, have a kind outburst, like, be patient with others is definitely a way I could say that you could spread the word more, because if people see that. 
because how would you feel if you see a mass group of people and and they're all loving they're all kind they all care about you if they first meet you they care about you. they treat you like you're a brother or, or sister or, or like family and then you'll, you'll want to hang around that group more and like look into it more so if people see how loving and caring christians are and how much they care about spreading the word more than just pushing their own agenda then they'll be like, man, I should like look into this more. This is something I want to be a part of. Like, this is a, a wave I want to I want to surf on. Like this is a wave I want to get onto. So, I'd say that I'd say that's the main thing. Just spreading love, positivity, kindness. That's the message you've got to give out. There's a call. There was a I don't know if you know Tim Ross, but he said something similar to what you just said. It was like, how can we expect people to come to Christ when we are saying you're going to hell because of what you're doing? Oh, I could I could add on to that too. Just um, just saying like um, watch this or else you or else you won't make it to heaven or something like that too. Like that's not a way. Like you're trying to cohere. You're trying to like um, trying to like basically force people to start believing. No, like instead of bringing up the negativity about being uh, damned to hell or anything like that, like bring up the positivity. Like show how God has changed people's lives. Show the stories in the Bible of how he's changed people's lives and just, um, and just show, the, just show the positivity. Cause, cause if you show the positivity and you show the lessons, the negativity is going to be there, but the overall positivity of the message is like it, it, it over, it over, like it overrides the negativity. Like, like, yes. Like if you don't, if you don't believe in Jesus, like you, like you, like you are uh damn to hell, but, but people just stop right there. They don't look at the solution where, you can give your life to Christ and like live a Christian life and like live a, a loving, caring life. Like they, they, they just see that damn to hell and they're like, they're like, Oh my gosh, like what am I supposed to do? But you know, it's just, you just got to show the positivity of being a Christian and just, just, just be, just be loving. That's all you gotta do. Love is a big thing. You gotta show love. That's like, it's like, I feel like before we show people the old Testament, God, we really have to like the new Testament, new Testament. I was I was thinking about it too, like the old the Old Testament that was that was before G, that was before Jesus had um died on the cross for our sins too. So everyone everyone was sinning like way more back then too, and that's when like sinning like would basically get you damned to hell like if you did something. So the Old Testament and New Testament are completely different because yes, the Lord does seem like more vengeful and wrath and like more like harsh in the in the Old Testament too, but it's because he's trying to trying to sway you to the right to the right path too but in the new testament it is it is a more loving caring god that just um uh i mean he cares about your well-being throughout all of it but he like you like you really you really like sense it in the new testament too so yeah i would agree with you on that you had to choose to be loved or to love which one would you prefer oh to to be loved or to love man um i mean we brought it up earlier like the one love that matters is is god's love so like that's there that's there regardless of what you do in life like god loves you no matter what so i would so i would say i would say to love because like like just you got to understand just the just the feeling of just like making somebody happy and just showing them that you love them like that like that means a lot that means a lot to somebody too especially it can mean a lot to to a person too that doesn't feel like a lot of people care or love about them too so just showing them that you do love 
that you do love and care about them and that like you're there for them regardless. And you're not afraid to give tough love either because some people show fake love and they'll just like egg you on about everything that you're doing. But nah, nah, I think real love is a friend that'll say like, hey, bro, like you shouldn't be doing this. Like you should, you should like change, you should like uh, not do this because it's going to affect your future or something like that too. So that's real love right there, which is why if your homeboys check you, you shouldn't get mad. Like you should actually be like, like you should be thankful that they do it. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I feel you, bro. Uh, as we close, I will have like a couple other questions to ask. And Let's do it. One of these is I want you to describe in detail how you want your life to look five years from now. Oh, five years from now? Ooh, that's a big one. So five years from now, I'll be 25. 25. So by the time I'm 25, I want to have my own place. Uh, I want to have my own place Um, in a better neighborhood. Uh, I want to still be with my girlfriend. Um. Maybe not kids by then. It depends on what my financial situation looks like. But let's let's say I have the ideal financial situation. Then yeah, I'll get in the process of trying to have a kid. Um and just just overall working as hard as I can to support everybody. Um just just showing just give, giving love to everybody I possibly can. Still talking with the bros, hanging out, going to watch uh, a paper a PLE on Saturday still, uh having the bros come over and just like barbecue or something like that too just 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 living just living a really good life too and just um through every situation or problem that i face just just overcoming and knowing that i i got god on my side really that's that's where i see myself in five years if you could say anything to the world right now what would you say oh god loves you you need to love yourself and um, be appreciative of everything you have in your life, regardless of what your situation is. Um, if your situation isn't ideal, uh, like we said earlier, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You're going to make it out. You're going to make it out. Oh, that voice crack was horrible. You're going to make it out and just um, keep praying, keep reading the Bible, um, just keep believing and keep working hard to keep grinding. 2024, new, <laughs> new year, new you. So make sure that you just, you just go out there and you kill it, man. But also just don't forget about the, the man that starts all upstairs, God. That's that's the main thing I would say.